News Radio WDEV FM and AM. Now back to the Dave Graham Show. Thanks for staying with us into the second hour of our program on this October 26th, Monday morning, uh, 2020. And speaking of 2020, this is, of course, an election year. We do have uh, Election Day coming up next week, just uh, a week and one day from now is uh, November 3rd, that first Tuesday in November when uh, when uh, voters will be uh, uh, heading to the polls. That is, those who have not already sent in their, uh, their, their uh, mail-in ballots or... Uh, Filled out their mail-in ba- their their ballots and uh, carried them to uh, drop boxes and to uh, clerks' offices around Vermont. Uh, that's the that's the deadline. You got to get it done certainly before 7 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, November 3rd, or you are completely out of the game. But if you want to, uh, if you want to get them, uh, it's still a chance to uh, fill out those ballots and get them in early too, folks. So that's another. Uh, although. Uh, there, the all the advice is that if you're mailing it, you want to get it in probably like today. Give it a good week before uh, election day, to, just to make sure that uh, the uh, ballot clears the postal process and gets into the right hands. Meaning your uh, local uh, election officials who are counting the ballots will be counting the ballots on November third. Uh, I do believe we have with us uh, Scott Milne. He is a uh, Republican. He is the Republican nominee for Lieutenant Governor of Vermont. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to be uh, trying to get on the, the uh, four uh, leading candidates for the two top state offices. Uh, uh, we have uh, Scott Millen today. We're going to be uh, speaking with uh, his Democratic opponent, uh, Molly Gray, later in the week. Also going to be joining us will be uh, uh, Dave Zuckerman, the uh, Democratic nominee for governor. Uh, who's, he's the current lieutenant governor, actually. And then um, uh, we are also hoping to hoping to get uh, Phil Scott, the, governor, the incumbent governor, Republican governor of Vermont, uh, running for a third term. Uh, on our air uh, this week, uh, we have not heard back yet from the Scott campaign, but the others are uh, locked in and ready to go. We do believe so. That's uh, that's uh, good progress anyway. Hey, uh, let's bring Scott Milne into the uh, center circle here on the Dave Graham Show on WDEV FM and AM. I believe he's on the phone with us. And uh, good morning, Mr. Milne. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Great way to uh, start the last week before the election week. So thank you, Dave. Alrighty. Hey, uh, so, uh, talk to us just in a general, in a general sense about, uh, what do you see as the highlights of the campaign so far? And, uh, what have your, uh, what have your biggest issues been? And, uh, how's it going out there? Oh, thanks, Dave. Well, it, you know, the highlight of, uh, our life, I think, uh, today is the same as the, you know, highlight might not exactly be the right word, but, you know, coronavirus uh, has uh, pervasive impacts throughout everything going on on our planet, in our state, and in our country. And uh, campaigning is uh, clearly not immune from that. It's much more, you know, we took a uh, deliberate uh, stance early on in the campaign, which, you know, goes back to a stance I took in my business uh, in March. You know, we, we decided that it was better to lose some money uh, than to be reckless with people's health. And the last thing we wanted to do was, you know, I mean, for lack of a better way of saying it, you know, be responsible for killing somebody's grandmother by, you know, not uh, realizing how unknown and uncertain and dangerous this virus is. And, you know, as as the year has unwound, we've seen campaigning, you know, no parades, no county fairs. It's 
frankly, a lot more challenging to talk directly to Vermonters than it's ever been. Uh, we get out and uh, talk to people in a safe, socially distant way, but it's it's much different. So that's a highlight. And, and I think, uh, Dave, to speak directly to your question, the, the reason I got into this is, uh, as, as you know, and a lot of your listeners know from years of um, my business being associated with Radio Vermont and uh, valuing our relationship with Radio Vermont for just talking about how we can help people out. Um, you know, I've, I've got 30 years of experience in uh, the travel and tourism business. Uh, we've got, you know, Main Street offices across the northeastern U.S., but, you know, it's a globally connected business. I understand how the economy works. I understand, you know, based on firsthand experience, how, uh, you know, small Main Street offices in uh, Middlebury, Vermont, or Barry, Vermont, or other places in Vermont need to be aware of what's uh, going on globally and competing with, uh, you know, businesses and forces much removed from inside the four walls of your business. That's something that's changed a lot over the last you know, a couple decades. I think it's something that Vermont government's a little bit behind, you know, needs to get up to speed on. So I think Phil Scott needs a partner, not an adversary in the lieutenant governor's office. I think uh, Vermonters, as we emerge from this health crisis, which is, you know, the, the, the big takeaway of 2020, uh, we're going to be in an economic uh, situation we haven't seen in at least 75 years. I feel like I'm the best partner for Governor Scott and for Vermont to work our way out of it. I'm looking forward to uh, being elected eight days from today if uh, if things go my way. We uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to do during this uh, 45 minute block with uh, uh, Scott Milne, the Republican nominee for Lieutenant Governor, was to welcome listener questions and comments uh, for uh, for Mr. S- Mr. Milne, and uh, we uh, we're doing pretty well so far. We have two callers on the line already. Let's uh, we'll take them in order that they came in. Let's go to uh, and by the way, folks, two four four one seven 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 is the local number in Waterbury. The toll free number is one eight. Seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Let's go first to uh, Larry in Burlington. Good morning. Hi, Dave. I have a two-part question for Mr. Milne. During mm-hmm. the campaign, he's talked about bipartisanship. Has he reached out to Speaker Johnson or Senator Balin during the campaign? Because many of his ideas have already been proposed and failed to pass the legislature. So how is it going to work this time? Okay, and you have a second question, too, or do you want to save that for after he answers this first one? Um, no, that's all part of one. Okay, okay, got it. Um, Scott Millen, uh, you have talked about bipartisanship in the campaign. Have you reached out to Speaker Johnson or uh, Becca Ballant, the uh, the uh, majority leader, I think soon to be president pro tem in the Vermont Senate, to, to uh, talk about the um, the uh, how to work together and uh uh, and his uh, his other point is that some some of your ideas have uh, have already been shot down in the legislature. So how do you change all that? Sure, I think it's a great question. Uh, I, I actually have not uh, reached out to uh, Mitzi Johnson or uh, uh, Senator Ballant, uh, but uh, look forward to uh, working as a uh, bipartisan force in Montpelier with uh, both of those people. And I think the question is a uh, very good one. Uh, we've, I would argue I'm the only candidate, you know, of the three of us, Chris Erickson, you know, pro- probably isn't going to win, but she's, you know, somebody people know. But of the uh, folks that are running, I'm the only person with a plan, and the plan I have is Progress BT. We put a lot of thought into that. Folks can go to my website, scottmilne.org, check it out. Uh, many of the ideas, I, I want to, I think the caller's point is, uh, is, is a great, uh, caller's question provides an opportunity to make a great point. People talk about bipartisanship. 
but it's hard to walk. I think if you look at my history in Vermont, I've got a history of being a bipartisan person. Anybody that knows anything about my mom, Marion Milne, realizes I'm part of a, a family that's got a bipartisan history of uh, public service in Vermont, and it goes back uh, 75 years before that. But in Progress VT, several of the ideas in that plan are ideas that came from Democrat senators. Uh, we talk about forming an agency of public safety, which is an idea we borrowed from Jeanette White, who's a prominent senator from Wyndham County. It, uh, I believe, is going to enable public safety functions to be more effective and more efficient. It's going to uh, enable or uh, make uh, law enforcement be more responsive, more responsible. Uh, that's a Jeanette White idea. Uh, there's uh, other ideas that come in from uh, Senator Sorokin, who's a Democrat from Chittenden County. There's ideas that we borrowed from other people. There are several ideas that come from Governor Scott. There's several ideas that are original Scott Milne ideas. And, um, you know, in business, you survive by understanding what your competitors are doing that's better than you in figuring out how to do it. We looked to New Hampshire and came up with an idea about how to just make child care more affordable. And just by changing a couple regulations, uh, you know, the facts are New Hampshire families spend about 13% less per week on child care than Vermont families do. Um, New Hampshire families spend less of their total annual income. We go to Maine for some transparency on medical bills and things like that. So there's a lot of bipartisan ideas in Progress VT, but uh, I've got to admit I haven't reached out directly to either of those two people. Okay. Let's uh, let's bring in another listener who's calling in, Chuck from Montpelier. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. Question for Scott. You know, I'm uh, trying to do my uh, due diligence on the candidates in this race, so I uh, I went back and the other night and watched the uh, lieutenant governor's debate on WPTZ. Uh, I couldn't help but notice at the end you, you said something about having ties to uh, – guitarist joe perry and some relationship he had in vermont but I, I couldn't quite get what the connection was a big aerosmith fan so I, I have to ask could you elaborate on what what that was about <laughs> yeah it's 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 funny how uh, you know uh, politics works right uh you know we had a whole uh you know i thought a, a good uh you know issue uh, debate and I, I think there's a lot of differences between myself and my primary opponent uh I've got a, I, you know, I, yeah, and we can talk about that, and I'll save that for later, Dave. But uh, so, but it's interesting. But with all the pressing issues in Vermont, I've gotten more questions about what's the deal with you and Joe Perry, or what's the deal with you and Aerosmith, Scott. And actually, I believe I advertised on Radio Vermont as uh, Sundance Talent Productions before I was Milm Travel at Radio Vermont. But uh, long story short, I had a business that started my uh, junior year in high school. We rented the Barry Auditorium. The city council banned rock and roll concerts at the auditorium. I had to go work with the uh, city council to, three times to negotiate back and forth. And one of the requirements was to work with the police department to make sure we had safety. And, you know, 16 uh, rock and roll shows at the uh, Barry Auditorium later uh, that I basically paid my way through college on. Uh, we had the Joe Perry Project in Barrie, and uh, I think there's about 2,500 people, uh, many of whom I'm sure are still in central Vermont or at that show. Interestingly, <laughs> about half of the people snuck in without paying, <laughs> and it wasn't a big money maker. But uh, So, yeah, I had a, a, one of my early business uh, successes in life, and it turned out to have a couple failures at the end of it, but I learned a lot from it was uh, Sundance Talent Productions. and. But it's interesting how many people want to talk about that instead of child care or, you know, getting broadband into rural Vermont, uh, revitalizing our outdoor economy. A lot of the things that we talk about specifically in Progress VT. 
Well, you know, sometimes these sort of uh, tangential issues, you get to you get to find out interest, interesting things about your candidates. And I I did not know that you, that you had a past uh, Scott Millen as a rock and roll promoter. So there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trivia. I actually, I wanted to do that, and my plan was to uh, get out of college, do uh, three rock and roll shows, get enough money to go hitchhike around Europe for six months, and you know, the market changed. Instead of making money on those last three, I lost money and. Hmm. And had to get to work to pay off my bills. So you know, you gotta you yeah. life hands you lemons. You gotta make lemonade, right? That is right, uh, Chuck. Anything else on your mind? Oh, I guess Chuck is uh, off the line. But uh, thank you for the call. Two four four one seven 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 is a local number in Waterbury. One eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Uh, is the toll-free number, although you might want to wait because I just got a signal. We're within a couple of minutes now with the bottom of the hour break, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be hearing some CBS News, a couple words from sponsors, and then we'll be back with more of our conversation with uh, with Scott Milne after after that. Uh, a few seconds to go here before we uh, before we go to the break. And Scott, I wanted to I wanted to ask you, um, you know, it sounded like from the first caller you were taking a little bit of heat from. Kind of uh, maybe the, to the left of where you are, the political spectrum. I see a little bit uh, coming from the right, occasionally too. For instance, uh, your your support for uh, for the all payer model for healthcare in Vermont is uh, getting some heat from uh, from some critics I see on, on online. Um, and uh, uh, are are you surprised by that? Uh, no, I think uh, you know. Uh, you know, as you know, Dave, uh, you and I uh, knew each other before a little bit, but we met in 2014 yep. when I lost the uh, closest governor's election in uh, 200 years in Vermont. And yep, uh, you know, one thing. Hey, I you know what? I hate to do this. I got to interrupt you because I'm getting okay. the cue that we are just about uh, heading out, heading down to that break. We will. Um we will uh, be back in a couple of minutes and continue our conversation with Scott Milne, Republican candidate for lieutenant governor. Back in a bit, folks. Exciting things are happening in Warren Village. The Pitcher Inn and Warren Store are under new management. Upgrades and improvements are in the works, maintaining the ambiance and character while breathing new energy and resources into these iconic properties. We are open while practicing all CDC protocols. Come for lunch at our Rockin' Deli and see for yourself what the buzz is all about. Both businesses are hiring, especially seeking fine dining room staff and sales associates for our boutique. Still fun, funky, and friendly, but better than ever. Open daily on Main Street, Warren Village. It's the Dave Graham Show on WDEV. We are back uh, continuing into our uh, interview with uh, Scott Milne, the Republican nominee for uh, lieutenant governor of Vermont. Uh, Scott uh, ran a very uh, surprisingly close race. I think a lot of people were amazed to see him uh, come as close as he did in 2014 uh, for governor against the incumbent Democrat, then uh, Peter Shumlin. And then he ran again in 2016 uh, against uh, U.S. Senator Patrick Leahy. Um, That was not as close a race, although uh, Patrick Leahy, uh, has done that a few times. <laughs> I think this is uh, is he's in the, his eighth uh, eighth six year term, if I'm doing my math right. And uh, Senator Lee, he is a that's that'd be a tough mountain for anybody to climb in Vermont to run run against him. So uh, uh, this time, uh, I, I gather uh, Scott Millen, you uh, you have a sense that uh, this is a real a real clear shot for you. Yeah, I think we're going to win. Uh, you know, I mean, we're working hard and pretending we're behind, but I, I think the wind's at our back right now. And, you know, in spite of what's going on nationally, uh, 
you know, and you know, I think my opponent wants to turn this into some sort of referendum on what's going on in Washington. We're going to keep talking about what's going to be best for Vermont and what our plan is for Vermont. And if people are voting on that, I'm extraordinarily optimistic. All right. Hey, we have a couple more listeners on the line. Let's let's hear from uh, Penelope in Springfield. Good morning, Penelope. Good morning. Scott, I heard you mention your mother, Marion. Um, I actually met her maybe 20 years ago. Now, she must have been some inspiration for you, if you could mention her. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Penelope. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, a lot of, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think a lot of people listening probably, you know, knew my mom personally, even though she's been uh, no longer amongst us for six years. But, uh, you know, uh, and I think as far as public policy goes, uh, being a public servant, uh, she loved being, she was a state legislator only for uh, three terms, uh, but had been an engaged citizen her whole life. She ran a League of Women Voters in Barrie uh, when she was in her 20s worked as a social worker in her 30s, actually ran, I think, for the legislature in her 30s and lost. And then and when she turned 60, she got elected to the House. She was in for three terms. And, Dave, you know the story well. Uh, yep. You know, epitomized uh, doing putting, uh, you know, what's right ahead of your political career. She loved the constituent service side, you know, helping uh, folks get connected to services in state government, all that. But she got put on a spot and had to make a choice on civil unions, did a lot of listening, a lot of thinking, and decided that I think she had a, a, a statement from the House floor saying that if her entire political career was based on that one vote, she would have, uh, you know, she was confident she was doing what was in the best interest of Vermont, voted for civil unions and got crushed in the uh, in the election, and her, you know, career as a legislator was over. But I think the inspirational uh, way to, uh, for everybody that's running for office, you know, we're not doing it for uh, furthering our political careers. We're doing it for uh, furthering the interests of people. And my mom was a great inspiration in that regard. Let's go to uh, Peter in Moortown. Good morning, Peter. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I'd like to, to ask you, Mr. Milne, um, two, two kind of related questions. From my standpoint, it seems like you're really trying to, to play this balance between not angering the more Trumpian uh, for lack of a better term, side of the party and the more moderate side of the party. Um, so I'm wondering why you haven't committed to, to saying who you're who you're going to vote for, uh, for for president. And then uh, more related to Vermont, I'm wondering if you can really dive in more specifically to your to your large progress plan and and talk about you know if the unthinkable were to happen and and you became uh, governor because of something happening to to the current incumbent. You know, which of those plans would you would you actually specifically be working toward? You know, what do you think are the three to five most important thing that things that Vermont needs, and how would you how would you make that happen? Okay, let's take these one at a time. Uh, Scott Millen, your uh, your vote for president are you uh, are you uh, have you voted already, and uh, if so, or are you planning to vote, and if so, uh, are you going to support the uh, presidential candidate of your party? Yeah, no, and uh, thanks, uh, Dave, for mentioning uh, 2016. I think, you know, you're, you're right. It wasn't a close election, but I'd like to, you know, just point out two things that I'm proud of. One, uh, we told the truth throughout that election against uh, Senator Leahy. Uh, I think we did better against Senator Leahy than anybody had in 24 years. Uh, we actually got more votes in Vermont than the president did in 2016, uh, and uh, we were outspent by about $5 million. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, I think, uh, you know, maybe there was one other one, but I think I was the only Republican U.S. Senate nominee in the country in 2016 who said he wasn't voting for Donald Trump. I worked hard to get other people, um, you know, through the nomination process. 
And uh, there's a long story. So I'm not really trying to walk a balance. I'm trying to uh, – I'm, I'm very proud of – I'm seeing this exact same thing today, eight days out from a very close election that I said in the primary where I had a pretty formidable uh, uh, opposition from the right. So I say the same thing to a Republican audience that I say to Vermonters. It's something I'm proud of. Uh, I get why, uh, you know, my opponent wants this election to be a referendum on the presidency or a referendum on the Supreme Court or referendum on Mitch McConnell rather than to the second part of your question, which I'm looking forward to getting to, who's going to be the best lieutenant governor and, 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 and God forbid it happens, who's going to be ready to step up, which we saw not long ago with Howard Dean needing to uh, be, uh, take over for Mitch McConnell, uh, for uh, Dick Snelling. So um, to answer your question, I've announced, uh, as I did in 2016, that I'm voting for Jim Douglas. Uh, as of today, my plan is to vote for Jim Douglas, but I'm going to vote on Election Day. You'll write in, uh, you'll write in former Governor Douglas for president. That's my plan. And uh, as I say, with a smile but complete sincerity, if by some long shot chance it works out, Dave, I think we will have one of the greatest first ladies in the history of America. <laughs> Okay, you you are you are a fan of Dorothy Douglas, I gather. Oh, I am a huge fan. Yeah, she's a she's she's extraordinary. As, as I am a fan of, you know, Governor Douglas. And to you know, just to the the balance, uh, I think it's a I think it's a great question. And I'm, I'm sorry we don't have a lot of time, but you know, I'm from the uh, Aiken Gibson wing of the Republican Party. Uh, George Aiken was the uh, the leading uh, Republican in the U.S. Senate. Had breakfast on a weekly basis with Mike Mansfield, who was a leading Democrat in the U.S. Senate. Uh, it was a time where we got things done. George Aiken was one of Lyndon Johnson's main allies on war on poverty and great society programs. That's the America that we need to get back to. Uh, Scott Milne in Vermont uh, is being completely transparent with everybody. People on the right in the Republican Party don't think I'm conservative enough. Uh, people on the left in the other parties uh, think I'm uh, too conservative. I think that's the right place to be for Vermont's future. I think we're a nation that's uh, more partisan now than we've been at any time since the Civil War, and it's something that we need to uh, focus on, and we can focus on that by fixing local elections and state elections. I'm looking forward to uh, to being part of the solution. And um, the, the second part of the question, I think, had to do with you list a bunch of priorities in your Progress Vermont uh, document. Uh, which are the three, would you say, that are most important, if, especially if you were to be elevated to the office of governor? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and not to, uh, you know, just to be self-serving on it, you know, we talked a little bit about my experience when I was a 17-year-old of going to the city council in Barrie three times and being, you know, uh, required to go work with the police department and work out a deal to do security and have this rock and roll ban at the Barrie Auditorium overturned and, you know, was covered widely in the press at the time. And, you know, I had one of my friends who, again, you know, one of the follow-ups to that debate where Errol Smith and Joe Perry came up, one of my friends who is a Democrat said, you know, Scott, I was looking at your record and your opponent's record, and you had more experience dealing with municipal governments, more engagement with what's really going on in Vermont and how to get things done as a government, uh, you know, working with the government by the time you were 17 than it looks like your opponents had in their entire life. Maybe that's a stretch, but it's not too much of a stretch. Um, you know, my opponent only voted twice in her entire life before she decided she wanted to be a lieutenant governor. I don't think... That's typically something that you would say, oh, that person's ready to step in as governor. I've got a, you know, Vermonters, I think, take me credibly. I lost the closest governor's race in 200 years against a powerful incumbent who was chair of the National Democratic Governors Association, who outspent me by almost $2 million. So uh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, Phil Scott and I, I think, are philosophically aligned. I've been uh, looking forward to working with him as a partner. 
uh, I, I will be part of uh, a partnership with him from day one. So uh, if something happens and I need to step up, I think it'll be uh, uh, the best for Vermont for me to be the person there. Uh, Dan from Essex is on the line. Uh, good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Um, Scott, what are the most, your, your, one of your, your top three items in that progressive Vermont plan that you have that makes sense to everyone regardless of party? And how would you drive those? You know, forget the differences. There's a lot of, I can see there's a lot of commonality and a lot of good that needs to be done. What are the top three things that you think are going to be no-brainers for you? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dan. And I, I think I recognize your voice, Dan. Good to hear, good to hear from you. Uh, you know, Dan's a, a great example of uh, former uh, foes can become allies uh, to get things done from Vermont. And uh, Progress VT, uh, what I first of all want to say is Progress VT has got some ideas that will save Vermont money. It's got some ideas that will cost money. You can go to my website. We've got it all. All the numbers are there. It, it basically is going to pay for itself. But first of all, uh, we talk about eliminating taxes on Social Security or military retirement income. I think that's going to protect our most vulnerable seniors. Uh, that's going to uh, enable us to uh, incentivize uh, young, ambitious, skilled, uh, you know, in their 40s, often military retirees to put Vermont on the on the list of places they'll want to come to, to. And I think that will do wonders for helping us bring a generation home, revitalize our economy. We specifically talk about health care. And I know there was an all-payer question uh, before, uh, Dave, and I'll, I'll just take this opportunity to go back and answer that. You know, I think we need to move away from a fee-for-service model. Uh, the all-payer uh, accountable care organization that we have needs some work, but I think we need to stick with it and try to work it out. Uh, we specifically talk in uh, Progress BT. Uh, eliminating certificate of need laws. We looked in New Hampshire, does not have certificate of need laws. Uh, there's a lot of other benefits that come along with it based on data, not based on opinions. But at the bottom, uh, at the end of the day, that'll save Vermonters about $200 million a year. So that's a, that's a lot of money. Uh, we talk about price, pan, uh, price transparency, which is something that we borrow from uh, uh, Maine. We talk about ending surprise medical bills. So I think we've got some really good ideas on the uh, health care side. Um, I also uh, think we need to really just look at uh, rural Vermont and how we, you know, fix the rural Vermont problem. We've got three specific ideas in there, leveraging our outdoor economy. We talk about taking away Act 250 jurisdiction from recreational trails, uh, putting a checkbox on income taxes so that, you know, we can fund some of these things that will revitalize our economy, particularly in rural Vermont. Obviously, rural broadband, uh, you know, we all want to wait for the uh, rainmaker money uh, shower to come from Washington to turn it into some, you know, 2020s version of the uh, Rural Electrification Act. But we've got specific affordable ideas that can help us move the ball forward right now, which is uh, removing taxes from the equipment that's required, which will incentivize people to come in, uh, community development block grant funds. We look back over the last five years, there's been about 40, there's been about $40 million of federal funds coming into Vermont from community development block grants. And uh, none of that has gone to, uh, you know, help uh, broadband. So getting broadband out there. The other thing I think is very important for rural Vermont is protecting our farmers. And we've got really good ideas in progress, VT, about that, uh, specifically uh, regarding Act 250 jurisdiction and, you know, on farm ancillary businesses and neighbors complaining about farms that have been there for 50 years after they buy a house, stuff like that. We do have a caller uh, waiting on the line, uh, Jason from Burlington. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. My question for Scott Milne is, um, Scott, if you lose to Molly Gray, um, do you pledge to peacefully um, call her, offer her your support, and 
ensure that Vermont elections are uh, that the integrity of Vermont elections is maintained. Yeah, great question. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm I'm not contemplating losing. You know, we're we're in this to win this. I think it's an extraordinarily uh, important time in Vermont. Uh, I really believe with uh, you know we first of all we're seeing you know you know uh, uh, threatening signs of a uh, you know resurgence of the virus, which uh, you know I think Vermonters need to be proud that our governor and the team he surrounded himself with have. Uh, you know, made us the, uh, you know, the epitome of uh, the way state can handle this the best as far as a health crisis. But, you know, whether it's sooner or later, as we get out of that, we're coming into an economic problem like we've never seen. And I clearly, whether it's progress of ET, whether it's my background in small business and uh, 30 years of uh, being successful and arguably one of the toughest, uh, you know, businesses in the uh, on the planet, uh, you know, I, I think Vermonters realize they need somebody like Scott Milne in the lieutenant governor's office for, for my background, and so Phil Scott has a partner. So uh, we're not uh, com- contemplating losing, and, uh, of course, uh, we're, we're not going to, uh, you know, try to do an insurrection or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I get why people want to try to raise issues like that, but it's um, not something we're contemplating. Alrighty. Um I wanted to ask you, uh, Scott Millen, a couple of questions. One is... Um, uh, as a small business person yourself, uh, looks like we may be introducing some uh, some small businesses to Vermont in the in the uh, cannabis field in the uh, coming couple of years. Uh, you on board with that? What do you think about that? Yes, I think uh, we you know I'm supportive of the uh, you know I I think they're like every business, like every organization, like all of us as people. You know we want to continuously improve pay attention to what's going on, but I, I think Vermonters are, you know, we're a democracy. It's a states' rights issue. What I will say, you know, about Washington is, you know, I think Vermont has got a relatively influential uh, federal delegation, and I would encourage Vermonters. I'm, I'm comfortable with what we're doing in Vermont. I think it's um, ridiculous in 2020, over a decade after, you know, states have been legalizing marijuana, that Washington can't get its act together and enable the federal banking system to work with marijuana businesses. So, you know, by definition, you're in the money laundering business when you go in the marijuana business. That's something that needs to change, but that's a federal problem, not a state problem. Um, and then, and then the other question I had for you is uh, a lot of concern and real consternation this year about the future of the uh, Vermont State Colleges. What do you want them to look like in ten years? Uh, you know, I. I First of all, I think we've got, again, uh, Dave, you know, we put a lot of thought into Progress VT, and we talk about, first of all, what's the purpose of education? It should be cradle to career. Uh, we need to, you know, work with, uh, you know, we talk about merging the Department of Labor and the Agency of Commerce and Community Development, which I think will enable state government to work more closely with uh, state college system and other uh, higher ed institutions so that uh, folks are coming out of school ready to take good jobs, ready to uh, be economically incentivized or uh, not, not be incentivized at least to leave Vermont for better economic opportunities. So those are specific things. Secondly, uh, we've got this situation where we don't have, you know, the bridge funding uh, we, I'm supportive of. Uh, I think that was a good idea. But we need to, you know, the legislature has been derelict in how they worked with uh, the state college system, VSAC and University of Vermont, specifically in Progress VT, Dave. We talk about tying funding for those organizations <clears throat> to some sort of cost of living adjustment. So there's not this coming back and forth with uncertainty all the time about uh, where the money's going to come from. We need to work towards a, a vibrant uh, K through uh, career uh, education system. It's something that I'm totally focused on being a part of. 
I think we have time for one more caller. Bill from uh, Mortons on the line. Good morning, Bill. Bill, are you there? Good morning. There? Good morning. Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Scott. Um, Good morning, Bill. I've got one couple of questions for you. How do you propose of doing away with the retiree military tax on our retirement? And how are you figuring on coming up with doing away with the uh, Social Security taxes? Sure. Yeah, thanks for the question, Bill. The uh, you know the uh, military w- when you dig into the numbers, and, and I'll just tell a real quick story. My son's got a, a friend from high school who uh, is stationed at Fort Bragg. He uh, got out of high school. He went to Penn State. He dropped out after a couple of years. He joined the uh, Army uh, as an enlisted guy. Now he and uh, I think in nine years he's going to get out of the Army uh, with a PhD from Purdue in cybersecurity. I uh, had a couple dinners with him. He, he and three of his uh, uh, you know, cohorts from Fort Bragg were at a class in New Hampshire. They drove up. It, interestingly, just to talk about going back to the first question, Dave, what's going on with COVID, right? These four soldiers, if they flew to New Hampshire and back, they would have had to quarantine for uh, two weeks when they got back, and their uh, their commander, their you know, their boss told them they couldn't do that. It was too important. So they drove straight from Fort Bragg to New Hampshire and back and just stopped for gas so they wouldn't have to quarantine when they get back. That's a sign of what's going on in businesses and organizations everywhere across Vermont. But as part of that, he goes, you know, when we retire, uh, we all look at what states are going to uh, inhibit our ability to be economically viable, and we check them off the list. Scott, if uh, your Progress VT plan becomes a part of a law and Vermont doesn't tax uh, pensions, Vermont will be on the list. You know, we got a lot of work to do after that to make sure we have an attractive place for these uh, young, uh, smart military retirees to want to move to and not stay away from. It's something that I'm focused Scott? on. Social Security is a little more expensive, but we've got all the numbers on how we're going to pay for that with offsetting savings in the Progress VT. Scott Milne, we, I hate to interrupt, but we are about out of time. I really uh, appreciate you uh, joining me this morning on the Dave Graham Show here on WDEV. And uh, thank you very much, and uh, safe travels the rest of the uh, campaign. Appreciate the opportunity, and uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for your time. All righty. That's about it for today's edition of the Dave Graham Show here on WDEV, FM, and AM. Stay tuned now for Bill Sayer, Common Sense Radio. Have a good day, everybody.